Welcome to the Heat Ratio, where we bring you sports with an attitude. Here are your hosts, Tony Jigsaw Cotillo, Coach Dave Dixon, Pittsburgh John Coker, and the wild card, Mike Mataraki. What is up, boys? Look at Mike with the four beers deep already. Uh, he is He's already getting set up, man. He's already getting set up for – he knows what's coming. He knows what is coming, man, for real. He definitely knows what's coming. What's up, everybody? We got a tremendous show. Sato, what is up, my man? Uh, checking in Thursday night, Sato. Get on that cornhole game. Barstool Sports, right, 6.30 p.m. Everybody get in on that. Check it out. Got to remember. Got to keep that going. Uh, guys, we got a tremendous, tremendous show. Uh, listen, I, you know, I know what we're going to get into. We all know what we're going to get into, uh, but we have a lot of topics planned for tonight. Uh, we're we're going to talk a little Sixers coaches search. Uh, Billy Donovan has been hired by the Chicago Bulls, so he is out of the mix. Absolutely, uh, right? Uh, yeah, it does. It does. And you know, we're going to talk about maybe, maybe trading for CP three. Uh, we're going to talk about the Phillies who just got crushed tonight. Uh, maybe their playoff hopes are all but gone. Uh, we're going to oh, talk about they're, they're actually winning the second game of that doubleheader right now. Yeah, but that yeah, I you know it's tough, man. No, you, you you had to expect a lot more from Nola, man. You just had to, right? You just had mm-hmm. to. Um, and then we talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's where we're going to start. And that's probably where we're going to get a very interesting context going here. Uh, because, listen, I mean, I, I don't know what else to think about this. But, again, before we go, you know, Tony Cotillo at T. Cotillo 23, John Coker, PGH John 36, Coach Dave Dixon at Coach Dixon 365, and Mike the Wildcard Mataraki at Big Mikey Smalls at Heat Racer Sports on Twitter. And, listen, Mike's Girl, already having Girl, Girl, Sorry. I didn't tell I'm – I'm miserable. I am miserable. <laughs> I'm probably going to make you that, more miserable. The, the shit show that we had on Sunday, followed up by the, the Zach Wheeler crap on Monday and the, the Aaron Noah, I don't know, whatever it was this afternoon. Like, I, can, we, can we do something to cheer me up? Anything? No. I don't know. No. No, and we're not going to do nothing to cheer you up, Mike. And like Molly says, what a depressing line of subjects, which is absolutely right. It's not a good time to be a Philadelphia fan right now. I can tell you that, okay? That is for damn sure. But I have to – listen, it's going to piss you right off the mat. Right off the right, right off the bat here, we're going to get right into this Jalen Hurts talk, okay? We have to get right into it. And Mike, Dave, John, I'm going to say one thing, and then we're all going to have our take, okay? My opinion has trained – drastically when we talk about Carson Wentz. Now, Mike, before you get off your rocker, I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts should be the starting quarterback, okay? okay. But what, I'm sa- what I am saying, though, is now I get it. Now I understand. Now I see why 
they drafted Jalen Hurts. I do. I see why. And the reason why I see why is because I watch guys like Kyler Murray. I watch guys like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, J- Justin Herbert. I watch young guys come in systems, and they produce. I watch it. I've watched a tremendous regression of Carson Wentz. Tremendous. And, 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 and the thing is, I think a lot of stuff was telling by the Doug Peterson press conference today. I, I, I honestly read between the lines, say whatever you want, but I ha- I'm going to play this one clip and then I'm going to go right to you guys and tell me right off the bat what you're thinking when this happens. Because to me, this is kind of what set me off and what gave me a different line of thinking. Here's Doug talking about Carson. Yeah, Doug, in, in, in Carson's fifth year in the league and fifth year working with you, why are you seeing his production and his performance regress? Progress? Regress. Oh, regress. Oh, I'm sorry. I I did cut out there a second. Um, You know, it's a good question. Um, You know, for us, it's a matter of continuing to work, continuing, you know, uh, I think think as coaches and players, we continue to strive to get better every single day. You know, I I just don't want Carson to feel like he has to make all the plays every single time. I just want him to to just be Carson, you know, and, and, and... you guys know him. You've been around him. You've heard him. You know his his demeanor is he want he wants to do everything right, and, and we've given him control to do that. And and um, you know, but we just got to continue to work to get better. And I don't think anybody can totally master you know uh, the sport. You're constantly learning and, and getting better, and and that's what that's what we got to do and continue to to coach that. So. I'm going to go because I know Mike, I can't hold him back anymore, right? But I have to, listen, I have to ask this. Number one, two things tell me. Okay, number one, right, and and you can say whatever you want, but when he says progress, like he was shocked that somebody mentioned the word progress. And then number two, his answer of yes, it is. It's concerning to him. This is the first time I've ever heard Doug talk about it. In that context, Mike, what does that clip tell you right there? Well, I look at Doug, the first sentence of Doug's answer that says, I don't want Carson to feel like he's got to do it all himself. Well, if you had a fucking defense, that didn't give up 27 unanswered against Washington and then put Carson in a 14 to three hole at the end of the first quarter on Sunday, maybe he wouldn't feel like he had to do it all himself. Like, it's just ridiculous. Mike, yeah. the good oh, listen. Oh, I just got the alert, too. I'm in the middle of a rant, and I get the alert that the Nationals wound up sweeping the Phillies today. Ah, ah, ah. Robert, just, Robert just texted in. Bullpen just blew another one. Phillies are swept. See, yeah. I, I have forward thinking. Forward thinking. Oh, but my, my man Wyatt. There you go. That's a that's a Pittsburgh Coker boy. That's a Pittsburgh boy. No, that is not a Pittsburgh. That's a Philly boy down every week. No, I, I believe it or not, I do have friends in Philly. Uh, you have friends in high places like like Garth Brooks. <laughs> if that's what you want to well, call Eagles territory, <laughs> right around now. Yeah. <laughs> but listen, so Mike. Run, Mike. Let's Mike, run it. Let's let's run it back for a second because. I do feel like Molly's comment actually made a good point. Right. He was a little shocked. And you see where she says, how confused Doug appeared thinking progress 
was said instead of regress. His face said it all. I don't think Doug was prepared to answer a question about Carson's regression. Huh. What's that say? Because I don't because right, because I don't necessarily know that Doug believes he's regressed. Now he has he regressed? Maybe. Has he just yes. had two two bad games? Maybe. No. I, I mean, but here's the thing. We want to say regression. We gave pass after pass after pass in this city to three, four, five game stretches of Donovan with pedestrian outings bailed out by a Jim Johnson defense. You look at Carson's numbers last year, 27 touchdowns, seven interceptions, more than 4,000 yards, basically put the team on his back the second half of the season and got into the playoffs. But because he comes out of the gate with two bad games this year after not having a preseason, all of a sudden it's regression? Maybe, 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 maybe. Molly checking and he should be prepared for that line of questioning. The fact he could not be prepared for that is another scary factor in itself, 100%. Well, and, that, and that, that's fine. I don't disagree with that because my thought process on this is why is this all on Carson? And Tony, you tweeted it out the other day. Like, why is it that when it's the Sixers, it's, it's Brett must go, but we're keeping Ben and Joel. But when it's the Eagles, it's all Carson. And nothing on Brett or uh, Doug or, God forbid, we question Jim Schwartz and his fucking Swiss cheese defense that has allowed 63 points in two games. That's that's Dave's boy. Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Look, we're going to get to that. But but here's what, what, what I will say. I'm going to go right to Dave right after I say this. Mike, I, I, number one, I did tweet that, and, and, I, and I finally figured it out. It's because... It's the Nick Foles factor, right? If Nick Foles didn't come in this town and win, then we we would never be talking about it. We would never be talking about it. But the fact of the matter remains this. We could talk about Donovan all day. We could talk about it's only two games. We could talk about whatever. But if you watch some of the game film, Carson Wentz 100% not only was playing scared, but he has regressed uh, tenfold, dude. Tenfold. The thing, yeah, the thing is, I don't think he's playing scared. I think he's pressing. No, I think it's both. I think it's both. And when you're, you be, when you're, can you be, can you be scared and press yeah, at the same time? I, I think you can. And what I mean is, you could do that in the same game, right? You could do that in the same game. There, there was a play, and 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 listen, Baldinger was great on this. He had the film. He broke it down. Okay, it was a play to Deshaun Jackson that could have went for forty or fifty. Carson got so scared at a pass rush coming at him, was four yards away from him, wasn't even, near, and he threw the ball so erratically to get it out off his back foot. He was not ready. He was scared. He is not playing like Carson Wentz, and that concerns me. Dave, do we have a concern here? And of course we do. Uh, I, I listen. I, I don't think that Carson should get all the blame here. I'm going to go couple different angles here. I'll tell you that, um, go back to um, having all the right tools, having all the right people in place. I go back to this team could be in trouble for a couple years thanks to the people, the personnel that they brought in, drafting and free agency. That's a gigantic problem. I'll go back to coaching. When Carson was at his best, he had a guy by the name of Filippo and Frank Reich as the offensive coordinator. You tell me the guys that he has in place now. The, the, the fact that Carson 
is playing a certain way has a lot to do with the organization and how the organization is in disarray, right? Your play on the field is exactly how this organization looks right now. Don't look too too far past that. And in my opinion, the, the media in Philadelphia and all the fans should be directing their blame at Jeffrey Lurie. And, and, and it should not be at Carson Wentz, and it should not be at Doug Peterson because those two have proven with the right, right parts here they can get this done. And they've chose to draft a quarterback in the second round, and they chose to draft Sidney Jones, and they chose to draft all these other guys that cannot help this team right now. So you want to get pissed off at people for the people of Philadelphia? Directed at Jeffrey Lurie because he's steering the ship in the wrong direction. He's got the wrong leadership in place, and they've got the wrong personnel to help Carson Wentz play the game. And you guys out there listening and paying attention and stuff, you hate the Dallas Cowboys? Guess what? They know how to draft, and they know how to pick personnel, and they do everything right except for playing the game, which comes down to coaching. Can you imagine Carson Wentz in that in that offense? How good would Carson Wentz be with those tools? Offensive line, running honestly, back. Honestly, Dave, good. I don't know. I don't he know. Would, he would be awesome. He would I, be I, even better than any quarterback in the league with those. Right weapons. now, right now, I don't know, John. You, you, you. Uh, listen, you've had a mainstay in Ben Roethlisberger for years in Pittsburgh, right? Have you, have you ever, have you ever seen Ben? have these type of issues and and if he has what has happened there my purpose on this podcast is to pull down the hotheads of philadelphia (laughs) and just bring a little bit of grounding so i don't think any of you guys are wrong yes ben had these issues when you're young and you feel like you're invincible and you can get out of every tackle and you can make every play because that's what you've done all your life Until you get to the NFL, it's a wake-up call. Look, we were not, what, 18 months, 12 months away from saying that Wentz is an MVP, NFL MVP candidate because of what he did in, you know, abbreviated seasons. And it was, well, it was the injury. But when he played, it was this. Now, all of a sudden, it's, oh, it's the worst thing. Look, a lot of the things he's doing is teachable. How many passes does he throw out of bounds? Like, you know, when other quarterbacks will just chuck it, knowing I'm not going to take the the sack, the smart thing to do, throw it out of bounds. The smart thing to do is this. The smart thing to do is that. He's not doing it. He's young and inexperienced and feels that he can do everything. And that's his biggest downfall right now. Listen, Tony, you you compared Pittsburgh's Ben Roethlisberger. When has – name me the running backs that Roethlisberger's had, the receivers that he had in the last couple of years, arguably the best receiver in the league. Carson Wentz has never had these weapons. All due respect to Andrew saying it's not about the weapons. It absolutely has to do with playmakers on this team. Has to do with that. I disagree. I do. I, 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 listen, here, here's my thing. And and I and, and again, Mike, this, before we went on air and I, I told Mike, my line of thinking drastically changed because I sat there in week two and I watched guys like Justin Herbert, who is a rookie, okay, who found out he was starting a game five minutes before game time. 
and threw for 312 yards, a touchdown and a pick. With no, okay, he has Keenan Allen. I get that. That's great. Okay, but my 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 point is, he was able to play well. Okay, Joe Burrow is able to play well. Jeff friggin' Driscoll came into a game for Denver, passed for 256 yards and a touchdown, and they almost beat Pittsburgh Steelers on the road. Okay, they almost did it. And Carson what do you think, and Tom, what do all of them have in common? Uh, explain to me, what do they all every, have in common? Every one of them has in common a running game that can keep a uh, pass rush. Hold Denver, on, let me. No, you asked the question. Let me finish. Okay. Denver. What do you mean, Denver? They have Melvin Gordon. So we don't have Miles Sanders. Now Miles Sanders yeah. sucks. No, 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 I'm not saying Miles Sanders uh, sucks. Okay, where's our running game? Did they? How much did they utilize him? Four point nine yards a carry, one hundred and six yards rushing. Rushing. Right, was but how, how many? How many times did he get the ball? How many times did he get the ball? Did, did he get the ball twenty five times? Right now. He, he, they ran the ball 27 times, 20 times at Miles Sanders, and uh, five times with Boston Scott, and two times with Corey Clement. So there's your freaking running game. Okay. So what? Next? And, an, and an offensive line that actually can pass block. Uh, Carson got sacked how many times? Zero. Guess the Rams. Zero. Lane Johnson was the number two ranked offensive tackle in week two, but Carson doesn't have weapons. Dallas Goddard. Zach Ertz, I'll take any two of them over any of the tight ends. No, no, it's, the, it's, no right? it's, not, it's not a question about weapons. It's not a I, See, I don't think it, it's not a – to me, it's not weapons. Well, that's to what me, I'm saying. Everybody's saying it, it, it's weapons. That's that's ridiculous. That's not – Elijah Whiteside didn't catch the touchdown pass. Would DK Metcalf have caught that ball? He should have – Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> because if Carson Wentz would have threw the ball when he was supposed to, J.J. would have had a chance to catch the ball. J.J. went away from the football. The kid's Dave, not good enough. Dave, I'm telling you, man. I think, Listen. I think this is a guy who is so shell-shocked at what happened to him in Washington that he, he may have been seeing ghosts on Sunday. Who knows? But we, when you're pulling out – you know, Driscoll and, and and Herbert, these are guys that have basically they're playing with house money because they're not expected to win. They go out there and they sling it all over the place. And if they throw five interceptions, so what? Nathan Peterman gets a guaranteed contract in the NFL. Carson is expected to win. And that, that's Mike, a difference. Mike, I completely agree with you. Yes, those guys, they have nothing to lose. Look, I'm all right, I got the light shining on me. I'm going to go out there and do what I do. Like, you know what I mean? There's not the pressure of an entire city, a team. Uh, you know, it hasn't been going well. I mean, there, that's that's a lot of pressure. But, I mean, I just want to speak for the Pittsburgh brass. If you guys are interested in trading Carson Wentz, I mean, I I do believe the uh, Steel City is going to be looking for a quarterback sooner. See, yeah, that, we'll, no, we'll but that's great juju. because give us juju. Here, we'll take. We'll here's the thing. Carson. Like, I mean, I'm, but, I, I'm in. I think I think John, you you unintentionally stumbled onto something because I have friends, acquaintances, contacts, social media followers, whatever, that are fans of other teams that. Like, they tell me that they would take Carson Wentz in a second. So, Tom, back to your point, though. When you say, is Jalen Hurts the right pick? Yes. 
Well, I, I will tell you he's absolutely the wrong pick in that spot because now guess what? Carson's looking over his shoulder when he probably shouldn't have to be. Stop, man. Come on. And, so, and, so when Aaron Rodgers was drafted, Brett Ford was looking over his shoulder? You could have got Bridgewater. You could have got this guy. You could have got guys. And the fact, the fact of the matter is this. They probably could have gotten Jalen Hurts two rounds later yes. and drafted one of the 75 linebackers that was available to them in round two, and maybe they'd be able to stop the run a little bit. And you know what? You know what? I believed that. I did until yesterday. And so I started to think about this and think about this theory, fellas, seriously. And what's up, James? It's actually heat ratio. Uh, I get heat radio a lot, but it's actually heat ratio. What's up, buddy? Thanks for joining in. But listen, all I'm going to say is this is pure brilliance by Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman. And here's why. Because now, now they save their jobs. They oh, say, listen, listen. Who, who, is, the last, who hold is the last on, Alabama or Oklahoma on. quarterback to excel in the NFL? Yeah, I'll wait. Hold, hold I'll on wait. for a second. I'll hold wait. On. I'll Yo, wait. Recharge the headphones and relax, all right? Just hold on, okay? At all the right. end of the day, listen. At the end of the day, I don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to be in the NFL with his He's arm. He's going to be I, Baker Mayfield part two. Okay? I understand that. But I'm going to tell you one thing. That if the Eagles start off two and four, that Jalen Hurts is going to start. And I'm going to tell you something right now. If Jalen Hurts starts, Carson is never getting his job back. It's my. I'm telling you that right. I will go on record to say that right now. If Jalen Hurts, you know why, Mike? And here, honestly, this is why. Because I think that Doug Peterson had dreams about an offense he could formulate around Jalen Hurts. I think right now he's saying in the back of his mind, I'm good. If Carson doesn't work out, I say, listen, that's why I drafted Jalen Hurts because I wasn't sure. That's why I drafted I Dallas Goddard. I completely disagree with right? that. Listen, I, now I'm going to play the audio There's 128 million reasons why Jalen Hurts so, so, will right. not so think, yeah, but uh, Listen, that doesn't mean anything in the NFL. Let's think about something real here, real fast. Listen to this clip, and t I'll tell you what I think about this, okay, what I'm reading into this, and you guys think what you are Hey Doug, um, you guys have sort of fallen into um, you know a bit of a bit of a hole the last three seasons now. Um, I'm just curious, you know, as the head coach, um, like mentally, is it a little bit exhausting for you to uh, to have to go through this again and you know deal with with all of our questions as well? <laughs> um, dealing with your questions are exhausting. That's what's exhausting. Handling the the, the wins and losses. Um, you know that, that's a little bit easier than 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 handling your questions. But no, listen. Obviously, we get into this. This is a sport that I love. This is a sport I love. I love to play it, and now I love to coach it. And you know, obviously, we we get into this business to to win, right? And and obviously, I've been I've been hired here to 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 win championships and to win games and. So, here's what I want to say, and I'll let you guys talk. I've been here, I've been hired to win games, right? To me, that is the opening to say, listen, when I decide to put Jalen Hurts into the lineup, I'm going to say I'm trying to save my job because I'm saying my job, if Carson looks like he does and, and does not progress at all and continues down this path and I don't make a change, I'm going to lose my job. 
So right now, he's saying right there. So when that question comes to him seven weeks from now, if Jalen Hurts is starting and say, hey, listen, I need to win football games. I have a job to do. I have to put this team in the best position to win. Dave, I'm going to go right to you. Am I completely off base? Yeah. Or what do you think? I don't think Doug Peterson wanted to draft Jalen Hurts. You think that Doug Peterson wanted him on the team? I would say absolutely. Doug Peterson's a quarterback, right? He he loves Carson Wentz. He doesn't want to have Carson Wentz to answer Carson Wentz, say you got this guy looking over your shoulder. He never wanted that. I will guarantee you any amount of money that I have that Doug Peterson did not want Jalen Hurts at the second pick. Maybe the sixth pick, seventh pick, whatever. Uh, but I think you're completely off base. And I would never think – the only way Jalen Hurts sees the field for the Eagles as quarterback is if Carson Wentz breaks his leg again or something else happens to him where he can't play. There is no way that he is taking Carson's job. I don't know. I don't Who know, John. Who gives you the best chance to win? Who gives you the best chance to win? Jalen Hurts or Carson Wentz? I can tell you I right now – Right now, it is still Carson Wentz. But mm -hmm. if he continues down this path, listen, I'm telling you what, man, the Cincinnati game is going to be no joke. If, if people are taking this game lightly, they're out of their mind. Well, they're listen, out of their mind. Listen, and I'll tell I, you what, if the, if the Eagles start off 0-3, mm -hmm. if they start off 0-3, yeah. they can easily, in this next stretch, go 2-7. and seven, Yeah. Well, right? And you're going to tell me that Carson's still going to be playing. Yeah, two and seven. I think they that he definitely plays, and I think also Jeffrey Lurie should be firing Howie Roseman and his, <laughs> all his personnel people, and Jim Schwartz right next to it. Mike went nuts in the beginning of this thing talking about Schwartz. He giving up touchdowns. I'll defend him. The Washington game, they gave up touchdowns at the beginning of the game because Carson threw interceptions. Last week's game, he let he let that kid with no feet stand in the pocket, didn't blitz. Didn't cause pressure. He Swiss cheesed us. Jared Goff did. And Schwartz sat there and took it on the chin the whole day. We're going to get to that, Dave, because I got a clip for you about Mr. Schwartz taking it on the chin. All right. We're going to get like that. But, John, like, honestly. Tell him real real ahead, quick. Him, before, before, before you go to John, I just want to touch on one thing that Dave said real quick. When, when Dave asked who gives you the, the best chance to win, I, I am in full agreement that it's Carson. To your point, why Jalen won't play? Because the NFC East is so mediocre that 9-7 and seven is probably going to win you the division again. And if you don't, like, you won't see Jalen Hurts until the Eagles lose 8-9-10 games. Now, okay. could that happen? Could that, could that happen? Sure. Anything could happen. It's flipping 2020. But... <laughs> I, I mean, I, I honestly think that until they are out of playoff contention, you got no shot at seeing Jalen Hurts. So hold on. We got to get some comments. So we got Andrew checking in and talking about Carson is a grown man. Suck it up and play football. I agree. I got Paul checking in who agrees with me. Aaron Rodgers is playing fine after they picked his heir apparent. 
right? So he listen, he's not worried about Mr. Love, right? He's not worried about that. Mike texting, you need depth in places more to bat. I agree with that. I 100%. Patrick, Patrick McGuee was sitting there, right? I, I mean, the linebackers were sitting there right there for us in a position of need. I get it. I understand that. James Eagles don't know how to draft. I think we all know that. Uh, Carson <laughs> Wentz behind the 49ers O-line equals Super Bowl chance. Pump the brakes a little bit. I don't know about that. Uh, Rick, my boy Rick, second in Rick. Wentz has his faults, but if you can't be successful at Wentz, then the coach is the problem. That's the Brett Brown problem. Boom. That's the Brett Brown problem. Thank you, Rick. Right? And 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 uh, listen, Robert checks it again. I'll tell you what. If Wentz is the next member of the Heat ratio, we got major problems on this show. Okay? <laughs> major because with the amount of profanity Mike just used, and, and with Carson being a religious type man, Mike's in trouble. He's going to hell. But John, let's talk oh, to you. Give it back. anyway. <laughs> Thanks so much. Trust me. Uh, so we'll be there, there brother. But, uh, John, seriously, all th- listen, I-, I know Mike checking out his comment. Everybody see him and Dave are nodding with the Wentz has his fault. You can't be successful with Wentz and the coach is the problem. I- listen, I still think we have a Doug Peterson problem, but I also think we have a Carson Wentz problem. I don't know, man. You, you are the voice of reason here. Let- you know, before we move on to the next question, let let, 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 let let me hear you elaborate your your last saving grace to bring us all together here, John. I had like 80 bazillion comments. Look, Jalen Hurts can come in to spell Wentz if he misses a game or two. Maybe he's right. You ride the hot hand. Jalen Hurts, is, you want to talk about the weapons that Carson Wentz doesn't have? Put Jalen Hurts at quarterback. And see, now then you can talk about the weapons that he doesn't have. Carson Wentz makes a uh, his way. He makes Greg Ward look like he's a pro bowler. Okay, so let's just – and he's off the practice squad. So there's a big difference in there. Can Jalen Hurts come in in relief and throw a little spice, like a little uh, – a poor passing Michael Vick? Yes, possibly. He has not taken Carson's job. Carson has the jitters or the shakes or the I need to figure out that I'm not a young chick anymore and I got to be smarter with myself. Look, Roethlisberger was in motorcycle accidents thinking he could beat the world. I mean, it took him, you know, five mistakes that he probably would have got suspended for in today's NFL. But it took him that time to at least mature, and he's matured to a level where he can be an effective NFL quarterback. And I'll tell you what, half of Carson Wentz's issues are just decision-making, like just he's just not doing it. So there might not be separation with the receivers, but he should still be able to sling a ball in there tight. And if he can't do it, then send him to Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's a that's a I like that. That's a good way to segue right here because listen, we're not going to fix this problem. It's going to continue to go on, but it definitely definitely is going to have legs, and we're going to continue to talk about it. What I have to ask you: the word draft came up a lot, okay? And I have to ask you guys: looking at this, did Chip Kelly actually have the best Eagles draft after all? I mean, remember Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz; those two picks are pretty damn good. Uh, you know, when you look at that, you know he was the guy who booted Howie into the corner. Of the Novacare Center, right? And he, yeah. Listen, obviously the the Malcolm Smith, uh, you know, draft <laughs> that pick was a little bad, right? But still, Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz, I think they're probably the best, aren't they? 
Dave, yeah. what do you yeah, think? Absolutely. Well, I mean, that was a 20, 2013 draft, and you know, I, I like the positions that he went, except for the fourth round. So the first two picks you said, Lane Johnson was the fourth overall. Zach Ertz came in the second round of the 35th pick overall. Benny Logan was next at defensive tackle. Yeah, I forgot um, LSU, right? I forgot yeah. about him. And then Matt Barkley was your fourth round oh, at oh, quarterback, right? Matt so, Barkley. so hey, Matt Barkley went, has actually done some things in the NFL, though. He so, he stuck around for a little bit. Um, yeah. And then you had your D back. He took Earl Wolf, and then he took another defensive end, and then he took another D back, and then he took another defensive end. So the talk about like your recipe here of what to do. I think the positions that he had in play here, I, I like what he did, obviously that draft pick. Cause you, you know, he, he addressed offensive line and defensive line and a couple D backs in between and look at our holes that we need. We have now, you know? Um, so, I mean, it was a really, it, it was a pretty good draft. Those two, you definitely hit on possible hall of famers, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, we we talk about the, the 2017 draft being completely trash, right? I mean, it was basically what we didn't even need to show up that year, obviously, because it was terrible. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Mike, you know, think about that. I mean, that's a pretty good damn draft from Chip oh, Kelly, yeah, who's it, not here right now. No, it, it absolutely is. I, it was – it's odd, though, because you referenced the Marcus Smith pick. And yeah, I said Malcolm Smith. Yeah, I, I knew I knew who you meant though, and it's it's just it's weird because Chip had this thing where anybody who had played quarterback at one time was on his radar because he felt like they had the intelligence and they got it. I mean, even Lane Johnson at one point was a quarterback, and um, I, I think that there are certain merits to that and when you talk about the, the guys that he drafted i mean other than marcus smith he he did draft fairly well um i i have to believe that marcus smith and danny watkins are probably the two biggest busts that this team has ever drafted john harris i like john harris john harris has uh, to be up there too yeah man. he's probably up there too yeah, it, it's it's funny though how people rip on like Mike Mamola, but if yeah. you look at Mamola's numbers compared to some of these other guys, it's yeah. not even close. It and really Mike, Mike Mamola showed up every week. He did. Yeah, that is true. That is at one. Yeah, I mean, I I give Chip all the credit in the world. He was he was a better drafter. And a better offensive scheme guy, I think, than a lot of people give him credit for. It's just a lot of the weird, nuance kind of stuff that rubbed people the wrong way. And it's it followed him to followed him to San Francisco, and now it's followed him to UCLA. Egotistical. That's what it was. It oh was yeah, ego. absolutely. One hundred percent. John, what's up, buddy? We were going to say. No, you can't. Ha- you can't consistently have bad draft years you can have a bad draft year you know what i mean like you hit that's fine things don't necessarily pan out you maybe get a guy but you can't go two straight years without getting any guys any guys pan out i mean 20 what was it 2014 and 2015 there really wasn't much there like nelson aguilar who's not even on the team it couldn't have been that good you know 
Uh, yeah, but, but, but Nelson was a, a, a huge part of 2017. Huge yes. part. I know. Right? So, was, so you he, have to you have to at least the, say that. He was on the team for how many years and he had a good season that one year. So yes, if you want to believe that it was <laughs> him and his skill, yeah. I'm not saying that I would trade him. Look, if it's give me this guy and he gets me a Super Bowl, I'm all in, no doubt. But you can't <laughs> tell me that that guy got you the Super Bowl. That no. and, dude, Philadelphia was running him out of town going into the season. Now, yeah, because he had brick was the biggest turd in <laughs> Philadelphia going yes. in there. So I'm just saying, and he had one season. Don't act. I'm just saying that that's that's polishing a turd for your gem from that draft class. Hey Tom, can I touch on something Dave just said real quick, or uh, yes. John just said? So John, you, you make the point about Aguilar and the turd and being run out of town. And we we were talking earlier about Carson's quote unquote regression. Can we talk about the fact that he literally put game-winning touchdowns in Nelson's hands twice last year, and they were dropped? He also put game-winning touchdowns in Goddard's and J-Jaw's hands in the same game last year, it's and they were irrelevant. dropped. That's all irrelevant. I mean, no, but it is, but it's not in the sense that when we're talking about guys like Aguilar, now, and I'm not even, I'm not even. Not even going back to Carson here. What I'm saying is that we're talking about guys like Aguilar. And, and eventually we're going to wind up having the same discussion on J-Jaw. It is like Aguilar, you know, he goes to Las Vegas and people are crowning him. In two games, he's two for 42. But people are crowning him because he caught a touchdown pass that any rookie wide receiver would have caught. Did anybody yeah, see but- Amari Cooper's catch? Yes, I did yes. see Amari Cooper's catch. And he would look good in the Eagles' helmet. You don't think he would help our quarterback? They tried. They, they tried. Did try. They did not try. Listen. So they, they, they tried to sign him as a free agent. We, they didn't I mean, try hard enough. I, I, listen, we could sit here and talk about drop balls. We could sit here and talk about bad routes. We could sit here and talk about everything, but every quarterback deals with that. At the end of the day, my my final point is at the end of the day when you are paid 140 150 160 whatever it is million dollars okay you are paid to be the guy you are paid to jump through every friggin' obstacle in front of you that's what you're paid to do listen Russell Wilson before he had a, a, a tremendous class of receivers he was made to go through obstacles and be the guy Donovan McNabb before he got to was made to be the guy right they're made to be this is your this is your choice you want to get paid patrick mahomes has a ton of weapons i understand that but patrick mahomes is paid to be the guy is anybody going to question patrick mahomes right no you know why he's not going to give him a reason to question he's going to make shit happen that's what he's going to do and that's what carson's not doing right now maybe carson i said this last week it, it just comes down to this guys maybe carson's just not that guy maybe carson does need the supporting cast carson can't do it all on his own and in, in my opinion, that's a problem, especially when you paid him to play like that. Uh, Russell that's Wilson, who paid him to be. Russell Wilson had a tremendous running game for years and an unbelievable defense. And who was the other quarterback you said? You said a couple, but who was the one before Russell Wilson? Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Well, his his offense is unbelievable. Right. There's another I, I, I get one. it. I said if he There's didn't have the offense. One. There's another uh, one that you said. Uh, who else did I say? 
I don't even know. I went on a rampage. How's, da- how's Dak Prescott with all his weapons and everything else that he's got? How how would you rate him as a quarterback compared to Carson Wentz? Who's better? Right now, it's Dak Prescott. You would take Dak Prescott so, threw for so, forty nine hundred two yards last year. So lining up for the Eagles yards next multiple week, times. So lining up for the Eagles next week, you would rather have Dak Prescott than Carson right now. Wentz. Yes, yes, That's crazy. Yes, right now, absolutely. I'd say that, no, you're absolutely. Right. No, I, if you're talking, if you're talking in week three, yes, yep. I want Dak Prescott. Thank you, John. When no, in an Eagles because, uniform over Carson yes. Wentz. No way. I w- I want to know when Carson Wentz is going to realize what his mistakes have been in the past two weeks and fix them. They're his mistakes. Look, I'm not saying the game plan's the greatest by any means, but what I'm saying is. He needs to fix his mistakes by trying to do too much. I like it. I like it. And before we end the Eagles side, I got a little trivia. Play a little Eagles trivia right now. See if I can stump the boys or stump the audience here. A little Eagles trivia right now. And this will be a sponsored segment in the next couple weeks. Of Eagles players with over 400-yard attempts, who has the best yards per rush average of all time? Philadelphia Eagles. Does anybody have a guess? Dave, do you have a guess? Timmy Brown. No. John, do you have a guess? I'm going to go Ricky Waters. No. Mike, do you have a guess? Are you the 100 millionaire? (laughs) Donovan McNabb. No. Close. Close. Michael Vick. I'm going to leave it go for a little bit. Uh, I'm going to leave it go and see if any of, our, or any of the audience, because people are probably going to Google now. But I, but I don't even know if you could Google this, to be honest with you, because you'd have to know what to Google. So I'm right. curious to see if if somebody come up with this. So we're going to come back to this, but not, so none of us got it, the right answer. Can we have What's a that? second? Can we have a second guess? <laughs> can we have a second? Well, well let, let's move on to a little to, to a little Phillies action, and then we'll move back to this Eagles trivia. But before we go to the Eagles, one last thing on the NFL, I want to ask you guys how many watched the game last night because. Again, it just it just basically cemented my love for John Gruden, and, and, and I, honestly, I I I I can't say enough. Of I I wish he was the Eagles head coach. I I clamored for him, but he told me I was wrong. This now I just the guy loves the game, man. He loves the game, and I don't know if you guys seen the little love fest between him and Mike Mayock at the end of the game, which was fantastic. Just you know, just showed two kind of Philly guys that have been here and just hugging it out. And with the man love on the field because they have the passion. They want to make this team successful. So I, I just think it was great. I loved watching that game last night. I, I loved watching him adjust and basically take what the defense gave him and, and make it Darren Wall at a fo- you know, focal point, something that Doug doesn't know how to do. Uh, but um, we're going to get back to this trivia question a little bit. But, again, as we were on the air, the Phillies playoff hopes all but gone. Okay, get swept. Okay, and – I have to ask, before we get to the film, let, let me ask you this, okay? So this is kind of goes to the same guidelines as the Philadelphia Eagles because we're talking about who's to blame. Is it Carson Wentz? Is it Doug Peterson? I mean, you know, or is it Howie Roseman? So when you look at this Phillies team, 
And a lot of people have been questioning certain things that Joe Girardi does, which I think are ridiculous because, you know, listen, you got it. Joe Girardi was handed this team. He made a couple moves, you know, with, with Didi and things of that nature. But this, you know, this wasn't assembled by Joe Girardi. And I think Joe Girardi was doing his best to keep it intact. So I do not blame this on Joe whatsoever. So do you blame this more Clintac? Or do you blame this more on the players themselves? You know, specifically the guys in the bullpen that seems like they forgot how to pitch. And guys like Aaron Nola, who once again does not show up when we need him. So, you know what, John? I haven't started with you first. I'm going to go right to John on this. I owe you shaking your head a little bit. What do you think about this ultimate collapse, John? This isn't Girardi. And I agree. You know, I. I we talked a little bit off air about other things and it was, it was about chasing stats. And I'm not saying, I mean, you have guys that you bring in and you think they're going to be, they're going to be the savior of the bullpen. I mean, they brought in what three guys were right. Workman. They brought in Phelps. Phelps they yep. brought in, who was the third guy? Well, there was another Henry. guy they brought in. Yeah. Henry. Henry right. Henry. So you bring these guys in and I mean, they, Relievers, some years, man, they'll they'll have a four ERA. The next year, they have a one ERA. Then maybe they have another one, and then they go back up to three and a half. Look, they they tried making the right moves. They thought they made the right moves. The bullpen got here. I don't know if there's something in the uh, Gatorade jug back in the bullpen or what's (laughs) going on, but uh, the bullpen's a problem. I mean – we kind of knew what the what the rotation was going to be. We were pretty caught. Look, even Nola Blow in this one or whatever, we know what Nola's going to be. We were pretty confident that Wheeler was a good signing. There was Arietta, which nobody really likes better than a three, more like a four in questions. So it's kind of what we thought it was. It was just we hoped that when they brought in that relief pitching help, that it actually would have been help. And it was just more of the same. It's not on Girardi. He can't go out and make these guys pitch well. I mean, that's I, just the bottom no, line. I, I agree with you. But, you know, didn't Clintax sign a guy like David Robertson who uh, ultimately got injured, who should have been in that bullpen? You had Sir Anthony Dominguez who, who gets hurt that should have been in that bullpen. I mean, I'm not saying it would have drastically changed it. But what I'm saying is, again, I think we've all talked about this, and I know guys like Ranger Suarez has, has, has actually pitched pretty well at times. But, you know, this ultimately comes down to you not being able to draft well and not being able to produce your own homegrown talent who most of the time start in the bullpen. So I think that's been a big issue. Uh, Dave, what do you think here with the Phillies? Man, I hate to sound like a broken record, but a lot of the same problems with the Eagles, right? Their inability to hit on draft picks, uh, to build a farm system. Um, you know, Mickey Moniak, are you, are you serious? Like that, uh, I mean, he can't they, even play the outfield. What, I mean, he looks like a 17-year-old kid. And – well, they drafted him when he was 17. <laughs> well, he still looks 17. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Well, how long ago was that? You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's three and a half years ago. Yeah. He, he looks like a baby still. You're supposed to be, you know, this is a number one draft pick in Major League Baseball. So uh, he, I don't get it, man. And and here's the other thing. You, we're, we're dangling Rio Muto out there. And I know this is kind of off the track here, but you have Sixto Sanchez 
You had a left-hander, Will Stewart and Jorge Afaro, part of that uh, trade. And if you do not sign Rio Muto, you know, you should be run out of town completely. So, um, so, oh, that, so, so that that brings up right before Mike talks, because that brings us right to that. And I, and I want to go right to Mike with this one. I want you to, to hear this quick 15-second clip because – I'm thinking, Dave, along your lines, it, it sounds like Matt Clintax already setting us up for the letdown with JT because he was asked about this other day, and and this was his response. Tell me what this means. Uh, you know, when you got actually no, uh, you know what? We'll talk about that. I actually got to uh, uh, throw this in here real fast, but um, he, you know, it almost sounds like he's setting us up to say, you know what? It's not going to happen. Here you go. What do you guys think? I, I mean, look, I think what I've said all along is you know, we would we would love to have JT here, but when you make that when you make that trade, um, you know you're trading for two years of control, and you know that. So, um, you know, Sixto looked really good against us. He's looked good this year, um, but you know, we've we've had two very productive years of JT as well. I mean, Mike, right there. I mean, he's basically saying, listen, we had two years of control. That's what we did. I mean, is he setting us up to basically say, look, I don't think this is going to happen. What do you think? I I don't know that he's saying it's not going to happen because I do think that they are going to continue to try, but it is damage control. It's absolutely 100% damage control. Somebody should have threw a D battery right across his head. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's trying to soften the blow. Should they not be able to get it done? Yeah, that's listen. It was one hundred percent damage control. Can, I completely can, agree. Can we go back to the Moniac thing for a minute, though? Sure, sure. Because I, I do kind of, in a sense, feel bad for that kid because <laughs> he had. But I mean, hear me out on this for a second, Dave. There is no way that he should have been drafted anywhere near the top ten. But the Phillies had it set in their head because they had the first pick in the draft that if they could get anybody that was projected to be a top 15 guy on the cheap, they could then go back in round two and offer Kevin Gowdy a big enough signing bonus that he would skip college and sign with the Phillies. So... Mickey Moniak, in every sense of the word, is kind of like a little bit of a baseball whore. He took the money in exchange for being the number one overall draft pick, got undercut by probably two and a half, three million dollars on the signing bonus, specifically so the Phillies could take that two and a half, three million dollars and entice Kevin Gowdy to not go to college. And then Kevin Gowdy winds up blowing out his arm. So I never Moniac, blame the kid. I'm not blaming the kid. No, no, no I, I know, but there's a there's a lot of people that just want to hammer the kid and say, "Oh, he's a number one overall pick. He should be better than he is." Well, he is what he is. And if you want to blame anybody for drafting him number one overall, you dra- you blame the front office. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a pawn in the game. I mean, they do that. There are there are teams that are purposely looking at drafting guys that they're not going to sign. Right. Well, 
you know, the, the biggest fear I have is exactly what James has checked in and said, that JT will be in a Mets uniform next year. Oh and God. I'll tell you oh, what, yeah, that, that, If he doesn't re-sign with the Phillies, the Mets is almost a given. And, and and that is that is that is horrible. That can't happen. Dude, just now, can't yeah, happen. Wait. You know what? I want to ask you guys this because look, you guys are way more Phillies fans than I am. Like I love the Phils. I, I will say because I don't have much to root for. But, <laughs> but no, but I'm but in all but in all reality, I'm gonna ask you this when you talk about the player in the position, who other than potentially Nola? Wheeler, I guess, and Bryce Harper, who could you say is more important to the Phillies? And even if you want to put JT up there, I mean, he's calling the pitching games. Like, he's putting up catcher stats that are, you know what I mean? Those That's outfield-like or first baseman-like or call yeah. – pick an all-star from any field position on top of what he does behind the plate. Now, Where does he rank as – as No, you're – you're spot on, John. He's the he's the most important player on this team. Number one, it's a, over Harper. It's a great question. It, yes. It's a great question. He is the most yeah. important player on this team. More important yeah. than Nola. More important than Wheeler. More important yeah. than Harper. Well, I, I completely agree. He's the leader, man. He's the catcher. Yep. They're they're the captains of the team. Uh, if they're any, if they're worth their salt a little bit, and he's he's obviously a stud, correct? 100%. He, he is the leader of the club. Well, and think and about I, you think about the catching position. You go around the, the National and the American League. I mean, you know, this isn't back in the day where you had these all-star catchers with, you know, with through every single division. I mean, there's they're far and few between. And if anybody, John, you know, you play daily fantasy, you start setting that lineup up. The catchers, the last miss you put in. I mean, very rarely do you see a couple above a, a four or five thousand draw. So I mean, listen, the, it, it, it's to the Buster Posey effect. I mean, Buster Posey was that guy for X amount of years. I mean, Yadier Molina was that guy, but he really wasn't the bat, right? He wasn't the bat like JT is right now. So JT yeah. is very unique. I, I, you know, I can't, listen, I don't know about you guys. What will you guys say? And again, an ad lib here, but who was the last catcher that was this lethal offensively that you can remember that, that did both? Cause it wasn't Pudge. Was it Ivan Rodriguez? Maybe. I, I don't know. Mike I mean, Piazza? it kind of, uh, uh, Piazza. I, I agree with you, Dick. It's Piazza. Yeah, but how about a guy wasn't on roids? Piazza effectively is not like me. How about a guy wasn't on roids, though? Wait a minute. Wait, wait. I'm not allowed to pick Barry. You you think Barry should be in the Hall of Fame? Yes, right there, buddy. Right there. You're going to rip Piazza for the roids? Yeah, because he's in. Because he's in. That's why I think Barry should be in. Because he's in. Jeff Bagwell. Jeff Bagwell's in there too. He's rooted up too. Up on that one. I give you two thumbs up. No wait. <laughs> hey, we're bringing up old school. Let me ask you this in all seriousness: What about yeah. Salvador? What about Salvador Perez from the Royals? That's a good answer. Yeah, but but consistency look, look at, though. Look, yeah, you want to talk about consistency? Look at his stats for the past seven years. He will throw runners out. He calls a good pitching game. Do you really think that the Royals had a good pitching staff? Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> this guy, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, yeah, was, a good guy. Piazza, no, I'm with you there. Piazza was a master. Like, there's no doubt. I don't know. I don't know how good his uh, his uh, game calling game was per se. 
I'm not saying it was bad, but he was more known for his bat than his, you know, pitch calling. So I'm I'm going Sal Perez. Truthfully, I like that. I was gonna I was gonna jump in with Mike Lieberthal, but I think I'm gonna be way off. Uh, Bill, let me let me let me ask you guys a quick question. Yeah, because I just saw I just saw James's comment kind of flash across the bottom of the screen there. Let's say John Middleton has to again handle negotiations on his own. And he goes to JT and basically just says, listen, Clentac's gone, McPhail's gone. What does it take to keep you here? If John Middleton offers him a blank check, do you think he stays? <coughs> or is it just to the point now where he's like, Man, F this. Two years, it was fun, but I'm out. What do you guys I, think? You know, I, I'll go first, and I'll say I think he's out. I do. I think, you know, Bryce Wait, Harper. Blank check, you think yep, he's out? I do. Okay. I think, I, I, I think Bryce Harper. Jimmy Butler? Well, you know what it is? I, yeah, I think Harper will make the attempt to try to talk to him, but, but, but to see how – listen, it's embarrassing. And the simple fact that you have your you have Bryce Harper, who you paid all this money for, and said that Bryce, we're gonna do everything we can to be competitive. That you have him holding up signs to sign JT. You have the pandemic fans blowing horns and shit, uh, you know, in a, in a blank saying saying we need to sign a catcher. I mean, it's embarrassing. That's gonna be embarrassing for JT Romuto. So if I'm JT, I'm saying screw the Phillies. If they want to play games, I'm out. I don't care what. I'm out. I'm gone. I'm already gone. To me, I think he's already gone. I hate to say it. I just think he's already out. Just my opinion. Dave, what do you think? I got one reason why he'll stay. Joe Girardi. Oh, that's okay. He's a that's catcher. good. That's he's, good. I like that. He's a player's coach. He's a catcher. He knows he'll be protected and taken care of. And if the Phillies, if the Phillies do a couple things, I mean, they can buy some players to help become a, a winning program. I mean, they need an ace pitcher. We've talked about it before. Aaron Nola is not an ace. Aaron Nola, really? is, a, Aaron Nola is a stud. I agree. But Aaron Nola is not an ace. Um, nope. So, you know, what did the Nationals do when Strasburg was injured in the beginning, you know, a beginning of his career? He wasn't as consistent. What did the Nationals do? They signed who? Max Scherzer. And that was brilliant, right? I mean, that's they're, they're the things that you need to do in order to become these championship teams. And uh, you know, we we're not going to get it homegrown, so they have to spend the money. And JT definitely that has to get done. If it doesn't get done, and this town doesn't go in an uproar and get rid of Clintac and whoever else is on that management board, they have seventeen thousand owners over there. You know. <laughs> You know, it's it goes back to the same things. It's unfortunate that our programs are in disarray right now. It really is. It, it, it's a shame. Uh, our buddy Rick checking in said Van Brocklin since you said close with McNabb to our trivia question, but no, that is not it as well. Uh, so if anybody, and we'll, we'll go back to it again. If if anybody can grab this, let us know. Eagles trivia of Eagles players with over 400 yard attempts. Who has the best yards per rush average? It's not Ricky Waters. It's not Brown. It's not McNabb. It's not Van Brocklin. So uh, sure. keep those guesses coming. John, blank check. Does he stay? Ah, oh, so he's like. That says it all. 
I know, right? No. See, he's he's. No, what it what it comes down to is you don't know what his day to day is. You don't know what the clubhouse is. There, if there's a reason for him not to stay, he's out. If there's a reason for him to stay, he's there. You know what I mean? If if he's that buddy buddy with Girardi or Harper or whatever it is, or he enjoys where he's at, he thinks there's something going, great. If there's something like Jimmy Butler had with the Sixers where there was just something, I smell something fishy. I don't know what it is. I don't know if there's a dead rat in the corner or something, Mm. but it don't smell right. I'm out. You know what I mean? And I seriously think that's what it is. Yes, Girardi being an ex-catcher, I mean, look, he knows he runs the market. It's about where he wants to be comfortable. Is he comfortable in this spot, in this town, doing what he does? There's no question on his skills. I mean, in all reality, does does he want – and I'm putting it out there. Does he want to go to the L.A. Dodgers to play catcher to be batting number seven potentially and win a World Series? Yeah, possibly. I don't know. Or would he rather be batting like the guy – that crushes it in Philadelphia and gets a championship like I run this team. This is my team, not me and seven other guys. So, and I think he's young enough. Look, when he's 33, he might make a different decision. Right now, I would love to see him make his mark in Philly, and I think it can still happen, yes. I sure hope so. I do, but but one of those guys you all three of you guys alluded to was a Jimmy Butler effect. Okay, what which segues us right in to the 76ers coaching search. And one of the guys who falls off the list is Billy Donovan, a guy I, I it was on my list, man. He was high on my list. I like Billy Donovan. I thought he was he would have been a really good fit here for the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh it, it seems like they have a very narrow list, uh, from what I'm hearing. Uh, you know, from Tyron Lou to Mike D'Antoni, uh, you know, and, and, and maybe a couple others. I'm, I'm starting to hear the Alvin Gentry name being floated around a little bit. So really not sure what they're looking for. But Dave, uh, come to you. You know, obviously they, they wanted to hire D'Antoni a few years back, uh, you know, and it, it didn't happen. Uh, you know, he goes and he, and he works with Houston for a while. And now he's free again. I'm not a D'Antoni guy. Never been a D'Antoni guy. Uh, I don't think he fits this team whatsoever. Uh, I, I really don't understand it. I, I'm a Jason Kidd guy. I'm a Mark Jackson guy. I'm a Nate McMillan guy. I, I, I like those names. I'm not a Tyron Lue guy. Dave, if, if, if you're top two, but I ask you, you're top two, and what's your opinion? Before you give your top two, what's your opinion of right now of what the 76ers are doing as far as their, their coaching search? Uh, I mean, I honestly don't know what they're doing. The guy that they're supposed to get just left. That was that was I had my eggs all in that basket, and I don't even know what to tell you because all the other guys that you just D'Antoni does you see you later Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons because that's not our system, no, you know. Um, and and Dan, uh, well, Billy Donovan he coached in college, right? We know what he did in Florida, and I think he would have been better suited to take care of some of these young attitudes on this team and, and get them to play along. Now, in my opinion, you're going to have to go a different direction and get an older possible ex-player um, and and not Tyron Lue. Please, not no. Tyron Lue. 
I Please, mean, I, I don't. Does anybody want him to be a Sixers coach? Uh, uh, no, you know, a lot of people do. Not me. Are they from Philly? Like, yes. I mean, well, they're. They, you know what? <laughs> stop. Stop watching the game. Stop. <laughs> yep. Stop yep. watching the game. Yep. And stop listening. Thank you, Dave. Get lost. You know. So. Get. Uh, lost. I mean, I don't. I don't get. It. I don't get it. Don't I don't know what sad. they're doing. Yeah. I don't understand it either, man. What? And you know what? Just for the simple fact that it's going to be embarrassing. That even if I don't care how good Tyron Lue is, the the biggest the biggest image of Tyron Lue, he could have yeah. twelve rings, is always going to be getting stepped over by AI. That's yeah. not who I want as my head coach. It's yeah. not who I want. I'm sorry. I I, yeah, I think he was a puppet in Cleveland. People yes. can say what they want, right? And I don't want that here. I I want somebody to stand up. I want somebody to be a disciplinarian. I want somebody to teach these young guys how to play and I, I that's why i like jason kidd that's why i like yeah. mark jackson nate mcmillan got such a raw deal in, in in indiana which i don't understand why i like nate too i i like these guys even if you want to bring in a dawn staley or a becky hammond give me something different please with the tyron lou i i don't want to see tyron lou here mike so, what are you mark, thinking mark, buddy i'm sorry mike i got mike, go ahead, dave what's up mark jackson to me I've been talking about Mark Jackson for a while. I don't know why he's not coaching another team. There's something there. He has a problem somewhere where there's a disconnect where Mark Jackson hasn't been back coaching another team. I don't know if it's that he oh, chose it's, not it's, to. It's, yeah, it, no, that's ESPN money. Well, that's what I'm saying. He chose not to for, oh, for yeah, other he's, reasons. He's getting, he's getting paid out the wazoo by ESPN yeah. and ABC. So I mean, my my pipe dream of a coach would be somebody like Tim Duncan, um, and I know that's pie in the sky, but um, I just think that that would be an unbelievable opportunity for the Sixers. Um, but other than that, Tony, more I've been pushing for Mark Jackson for a couple years now. Uh, James Jackson, as a Bulls fan, he says he's happy the Bills that uh, he's happy Billy chose the Bulls. Shows the Bulls want to finally win because mm -hmm. Billy wouldn't have signed with the Bulls. I agree. Bulls have a nice young team out there. They yep. do. Uh, so good for Billy, man. It's, it's a good spot for him. So, Mike, what's going on with the Sixers, man? What what, what are you thinking? Well, I, I think you guys know where I'm at. I mean, I, I've been on the Mark Jackson train pretty much since day one. I mean, well, I, I threw it out there early on and said. The three guys that I really wanted the Sixers to take a look at were Mark Jackson, David Fisdale, who is still available. Yep. And the thing with David Fisdale is he knows how to take a point guard and a center and make them work together, which is what this team needs. So I, I like Mark Jackson a lot. I've been on that train since the beginning. I like David Fisdale. Former Kings coach Dave Yerger is still out there. Um, I, I, I'm I'm intri I'm interested. I, I won't say intrigued, but I'm interested with Jason Kidd. But the longer this goes on, Tone, the more I'm thinking that is there a possibility? And this is total pie in the sky. I know where you're but going. It, is there a possibility that these egomaniacal 76ers owners are trying to scrape up enough money to lure Phil out of retirement. You imagine. Could you imagine? 
I, mean, I that, would love it. Oh, so would I. So would I. I mean, the Zen Master in Philadelphia? Are you kidding me? That would be fantastic. I don't care how old he is. Spectacular. Oh, I would love it. I would love it. I mean that that would be the ultimate, the ultimate. You know what? I think these these owners are too dumb to even do something like that. And I, I think they are. I think they're they are. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with you. I don't. They, I don't. But but they do have enough money that if they wanted to, they could. Yes, they do have enough money to scrape together if they wanted to. They could. I just I I just don't see them being smart enough to even go into that. And I'll be honest with you. I honestly think there's a huge power struggle going on with Elton Brand and these owners because I think when that came out, two, I still say two weeks ago when a report came out by John Johnson on WIP, who I, you know I respect John. John gets a lot of things right, and John said from all his sources, tell him Tyron Lue set to be the coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, and all of a sudden. It went away. I think that was Elton Brand's pick. And I think the owners were like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not happening. And all of a sudden, everything had to be retracted. We haven't heard anything for like well, two it weeks. Was, no, it's interesting that you said that, though, because it was it was Tyron Lue set to be the next head coach of the 76ers. And then all of a sudden, it was Mike D'Antoni's job to lose. And now we don't hear about D'Antoni anymore either. So what the hell is going on there? There's, there's, there's something weird going on within this organization, and it's not good. And it needs to be fixed. <laughs> it, it does. It's not good. Yeah. It needs to be fixed. And I'm going to go right to John with this question because what keeps coming up is how can the Sixers get better? How can they change? Because once they get a coach, they have to figure it out. And they're talking about – listen, I've seen some ridiculous trade scenarios. I love CP3. I'm a huge Chris Paul guy. I, I think he's done right now. I do. I don't think he has much left. He tries like hell, but I just don't think he's there. And I'm not trading Matisse Thibault. I'm not doing it. So, and, and he's been involved in every single one of these trade scenarios. So, John, trade for CP3. Does a trade like that help or hurt this team? Or do you even think it's possible? Or would you rather see him go after a guy like Drew Holiday or Buddy Heel? It doesn't hurt the team, but I'm not giving up Tybal. Right, I'm exactly. I'm, he he's too young. This may be one of those guys that you actually hit on in the draft recently. I mean, look, they, yeah, there was the process and everything. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about these other positional players that they've had for the past, you know, couple years. No, absolutely, you don't give him up. And yes, I will take any three of them. But I am not giving up probably the best defensive guy on the team. I agree. I, I, I would not give up. Dave, you feel the same way? Yeah, I'm not giving up Fiebel for CP3. I don't want CP3. That's not your answer. No, it's not. I, I know they're trying to do, you know, and, and the CP3 thing is what keeps bringing me back to the Dan Tony thing. So, you know, I think they're tied together. I do. I think, you know, it's like Mike D'Antoni, if it's his job to lose, goes in there and says, well, I want Chris Paul. And now the scenarios are coming about, well, how do we get Chris Paul on this team? You know, how do we get D'Antoni and match him up with Chris Paul? Because I, I, I honestly think there's no other reason why this conversation even comes to fruition without Mike D'Antoni being a part of it 100%. So, Mike, do you agree with that? I'm... I'm right on board with all you guys. I have no no interest in CP3, no interest in Mike D'Antoni. What about yeah. if you get D'Antoni and the situation comes up, the scenario plays out that 
we get D'Antoni and the trade goes Ben Simmons for James Harden. <laughs> wow. I'll tell you, ready? I'll tell you this. I would trade Joel for James Harden. Ooh. I'll keep Ben and trade Joel. I'll do that yesterday. Yesterday. Now that's more of D'Antoni's style. So I, I'm just laughing at this because I'm thinking in my head, it's a great question by Dave, but if you think Joel and Ben can't play well together, you try putting Harden and Joel together. Uh, John, John, you're already shaking your head, man. You're shaking your head. What's the head shake for? Oh, dude, all those combinations gave me heartburn. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, none of it. None of it sound good. Why can't we just get like Craig Eaglo to coach, be a player Craig coach, and, 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 and just start shooting threes and coaching the game? Rip a dude, take his suit coat off, go in there with his uni and do his thing. Man, yeah. let's get, get 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 all the famous white guys that shot out from the from the court. Get get Mark Price in there. Get Craig oh. Dan Marley, Thunder Dan. Get them all in there, man. No, I, I, dude, I'm, I'm in on Craig Hodges too. Oh, you want, yeah, we get Hodge. We get Hodge in there. I, 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 hey, look at all the three point championship shooters. Bring one of them guys in from twenty years ago. They can still shoot the rock. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it'd probably be the best shooter we have because Tobias Harris absolutely sucks. So it doesn't matter. We're paying him a shitload of money. <laughs> Craig, Craig Hodges won a three-point contest as a free agent. He yes, wasn't even on a team that. and they invited him back. That was yes, great. I remember that. That was great. Yep. They, I'll tell you, that was when the three-point contest was was legit, man. Yeah. Oh, that that oh, was yeah. when you look for. Remember those days, man? You guys are we're all around the same age. I I'll tell you what, I I, I could not wait for All Star Weekend back then, man. That was like the the slam dunk contest, the three-point contest was like, uh, yo, I had sleepovers over that, man. Yeah. I mean that that was legit, man. I remember those remember, days? I still remember Dominique versus Ooh. Jordan. In the slam dunk contest, like that was like iconic, and 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 they just played it again this past All Star weekend, and you know having my kids watch it too, it's like wow, these yeah. guys are they, pretty they, impressive. You know what, they, Dave? I I actually taped those when they are. Uh, Hey, I taped those. John still got a VHS in the house. Hey, no, I did. I did. I DVR'd it whenever I saw him on. They had dunk, 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 like all the, and it was like it was right in that time frame. And I taped him. I couldn't get any kid to watch the damn things with me. So uh, I, I have, I have a trivia question for you guys. Uh oh, a new one. So yeah, so so of this of this modern era of dunk contests. Who won the first NBA slam dunk contest as we know it? Dr. J? No. Dr. J was defeated in the finals by this person. Larry Larry, Nance? Larry Nance. Yes. There you go. Awesome job, boys. Sorry, Dave. Weird random trivia question. The The last... ABA slam dunk contest. Dr. J was defeated by David Thompson. Ooh. And the first NBA slam dunk contest, Dr. J was defeated by Larry Nance. Wow. Larry Doc Nance. taking it on the chin. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you. I remember 
I, you know, I, it's not even vaguely. I remember vividly some the, the three point contests with like Kenny Skywalker, Cedric Sabalas with the blindfold, D Brown pumping up the Reebok pumps. Like yeah. you know, it, it, it's amazing what you remember because it, it, listen, I mean that was just that was part of our game back then, man. Spud it, Webb, go back to the one wow. Spud Webb was in. Spud Webb, Spud hey, Webb. back to back. That was in my that was hey coming from Pittsburgh, you have no teams. The Hawks were my team, man, back in the day. <laughs> that was Lenny Wilkins. Wait, dude, I, you weren't you, you weren't yeah. a fan of the Pittsburgh Pisces? <laughs> no. Dude, I, oh, had come so on. Many, I had so many. The fish is in Pittsburgh. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? I don't even think I watched that movie for until 20 years after it came out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Dude, I tell you what, dude, Woodshop and Art Class back in the day, it was the Hawks. It was the Hawks. All about Spider the Hawks. and Dominique were my two. Those that was my that- guys. That was Lenny Wilkins, right? Lenny Wilkins was the coach. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. A Hall of Famer. Yeah. Hall of Famer. There's another there. Bring him out of well, he'd have to rise him for the dead, but bring him out of retirement, right? Um I thought the wildest thing in a dunk contest that I ever, at least that I can remember seeing, was all, all six foot eleven of Tom Chambers oof. going up and like his chest was at the rim when he threw it down. And I'm like, ooh. That was scary too because that was that's, that was back in the day where the shorts were so a, small, his balls yeah. were probably hanging out of his shorts when he jumped up. That's, that's a big boy with a ton of hops. Yeah, it's a ton of hops. You're right. And a trunk hanging down at the top of the net. So that that's <laughs> you know what I mean. I'm just saying uh, I got nothing on that, man. Yeah. I got nothing on that. I'm probably Woo! nothing. Man, I hear you. Listen, hey, real fast, before we get out of here, you know, Mike, you brought it up last week. Made a little fantasy recap, and you know, we all play, we all play fantasy, we all have some fun. And I'll tell you, week two, week two was some some guys who just absolutely fell off a cliff. Some guys who who really were a shock to me. Uh, me personally, one of my my lowest point getter was Naheem Hines. Naheem, you know, can't catch Hines. All of a sudden, he gets one catch. You know, I you know, I, I talk him up, and all of a sudden, he gets eight catches to one, which I don't know what the hell happened to him. And then you got a guy. I mean, me and John talked off air. You know, James Robinson. Who you know for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Who who all of a sudden, man, just looks like he's legit. He's absolutely legit and can be serviceable. So, hey, Mike, what what about you? Who was your who was your number one guy this weekend, and and who was your number one bust? Uh, well, my number one bust is easy in both the leagues that I play at Saquon Barkley. Two point eight points before before leaving with a season-ending injury. Um. Yeah, and that's that's gonna hurt me in in two separate leagues. But uh, one league, I, I had a very very strong Thursday night showing from Nick Chubb. Uh, unfortunately, it was not enough because I did wind up getting pounded in that league. Uh, the other league, I got huge performances out of Stefan Diggs and Darren Waller, but my opponent on Monday night, had Josh Jacobs. So I was leading by literally 0.15 of a point until Oakland got the ball back with the lead and decided to run the clock out. 
and Josh Jacobs being the bell cow bat put it away. And I wound up losing by like 2.5 points. Oh, that's a hurt piece right there. Hey, John, remember Stefan Diggs? Remember I said he was going to be a top seven receiver. I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying, remember everybody that's said why, crazy. That's why I drafted him. Everybody said Tony was crazy. Jigsaw <laughs> crazy. Remember oh, that? If I got Stefan Diggs, I'm trading him like a hotcake. Oh, <laughs> he's he's selling high. Selling high. How about you, John? How'd your weekend go? Weekend went good. Let me just finish that by Josh <laughs> Allen is not going to be a perennial 300-yard or a I don't know what you call 729 yards in two weeks. He will not be a weekly 300-yard passer. So that's why I'm saying sell on digs. So far, so good. Uh, look, uh, my my big thing, I will tell you probably for the first time in at least 20 years, I started two running backs from the same damn team. Wow. Baltimore? I did, I did not want to start Melvin Gordon against ah. the Pittsburgh D. I had left Bell out at, on IR. So I'm saying, like, you're, you're running thin. And I said, you know what? I would rather limit my floor and cap my ceiling by going with Chubb and Hunt. Wow. Knowing that one, if one does good, the other one won't. If the other one does good, vice versa. And it just so happened that they racked up 200-plus yards on the ground. Both got touchdowns, got me my carry bonus. Mm-hmm. So props – Props to the coach on on starting two Cleveland Brown running backs. Look this at you. This will not happen again for the history of my fantasy career. Props to Coker. I love it. I love it. What about you, Dave? What, what do you want me to tell you? Who was your <laughs> – Was it that <laughs> bad? Dave, no, I won this week. Won. We won this, I won this week. Uh, but McCaffrey's hurt. Um, and Lev Bell so, are hurt. So I got – Two of my top three picks out. Um, Kareem Hunt, I do have, and he had a big day for me. Um, D Hop, I mean, he's he's killing it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Drew Brees is my quarterback. Um, Darren Waller is my tight end. Had a nice had a nice day. So I got to figure out. Um, I think I'm. I, I just picked up where I heard that Coleman was picked up by the Giants for uh, Barkley Freeman. Or Freeman, uh, Devontae, Devontae Freeman. Yeah. Devontae Freeman. So uh, we put in for free agency on him. Um, I'm in. I'm in need of a running back right now because my two top guys are hurt. I do have Kareem Hunt and John. What is your opinion on this one? Um, I did pick up DeAndre Swift too for Detroit, the rookie. Hey, as long as he can, as long as he can catch a ball, he might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you, you you keep Swift, but. You got McCaffrey. You need Mike Davis, number one. I mean, yeah, you know, Mike Davis has got to be the number one, but you, you don't know what to expect from Mike Davis, man. He's going to get the volume. He's going to get the volume. That's where. Uh, that's hey, how many catches he have last week? What's He's that? Gonna get, he had enough catches last he week. He catches. He is going to get the volume. He is the guy. It is a short lived three week, you know, yes. He, he's a number two running back for three weeks. Then he relegates to a number five running back on fantasy teams. Yeah, so, I, I, I can. I, yeah, I believe that. So wait. I, so, so before we go to that, did, did anybody got another guess? 
Uh, because wow. we'll throw this trivia question out there one more time before we get out of here, because I obviously had the answer. So, Dave, you got a guess? You look like uh, I mean, you said McNabb was close, so I'm going to go with Westbrook. Uh, no, that would be wrong. Okay. Uh, John, do you have a do you have another guess? Mike, do you have another guess? Yeah, I'm Michael I'm, Vick. No, no Michael Vick. I'm going with Deuce Staley, man. No Deuce. No deuce. I can't believe you guys didn't mention Shady. the man. Yeah. What's that? Shady. Nope. And it's not Shady. And Rick Lorenzo, it's not Westbrook. It is Randall Cunningham. Oh, Randall. Randall. Ah, Look at that. Good one. 6.4 yards per rush. Randall Cunningham. It's funny because no nobody would have thought that. That's the funny thought part. So, you know, because everybody's sticking all these names and you don't you just don't put it together. It's funny, but yeah, Randall Cunningham. So that was a good that was a good trivia question. I like that. That stumped a lot of people. Of the ultimate weapon. Yes. Ultimate weapon. Oh, look, look, you know, just so everybody knows, these comments are actually like when when people type the comments because we use a software, they're delayed by like two minutes. So James actually got Cunningham before we even said the word. So because uh, that just popped up. So good, 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 good shout out to James him. for getting nice. Cunningham, man. Nice job, James. Yeah, nice job. And and for everybody that, that tuned in tonight, listen tonight, as always, we really appreciate it. Uh, it's been a tremendous ride so far. Uh, we just went over to 10,000 mark. We are climbing. I uh, got a couple new bodies that are going to be coming in the fray next week. Uh, we, we're going to keep these trivia questions going. Pretty soon we're going to have these online. Uh, they will be sponsored, so do your best to like, retweet, and vote as much as possible. But for uh, a heat ratio standpoint, you see the numbers on the bottom. Follow at Heat Ratio Sports on all social platforms. And I know you guys are all listening. I know you guys follow. It's very easy. We just need the big favor of actually going to your social platform, whatever it is, where you get your podcast, whether it be Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Click that five star. Give us a pound. Okay, social distancing. I get it. We're far, far away. You can you can just hit that, and then all you need to do is give us a review, and we will love you forever, man. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, James checking in. Look, James checking in. I didn't even Google it. Good. Yeah. It, it, I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking he did by, by the emoji that he ends in there. I don't know, man. James wanted to Google it, but that's okay. It's all good. He got it in before all of us. So, again, for your host, Tony Chickasaw Cotillo, uh, Mike, Mikey went three beers deep tonight. The wild card. I told Mike you. Mataraki, I told you I was going three deep tonight. Pittsburgh, John Coker, and Coach Dave Dixon on this. Mike, kid is with out. Put in the book. Dave. Peace. Stay safe, stay healthy. See you next week.